Today's program was made possible by the generous prayer and support of the faithful friends and partners of this ministry. Visit our new website at Sheila.media. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Sheila Zielinski Show for this December 18th, 2018 edition. It is Tuesday, and I have two great guests coming on the program. Before I introduce my guests, I would just like to put it out to people. We are approaching the end of the year when things come due, and I'm asking people to get behind this ministry. Please support me on Patreon. You can become a patron by going over there to www.sheila.media and do support this ministry. Like I said, a lot of things our annual renewals, especially for podcasts and things. And I'd be really grateful if you would consider a generous donation for this time of the year. You can also donate on PayPal. There's other ways to donate. You can simply go to www.sheila.media. And I'd really like to thank people for their support, not just their financial support, but also for your prayers in a really difficult time as people are now, I think, aware that I lost my father just weeks ago. So it's a challenging time, but I felt the best place for me would be to jump back into the saddle and get on air because, as you know, there's a lot happening and it is hard to know where you can go for good, reliable, Bible-based information. And I'm dedicated to bringing you not just the truth behind the headlines and prophecy, but the deeper things of God and really equip the body of Christ for these turbulent end times that we live in. And so I'm really hoping that I can count on you for your support as we head into the end of the year. And I really thank you for that. But anyway, I have a fantastic program today, and I'm really excited to bring on my guests today. It's been a while, and they I think they are very overdue. And it is my pleasure today to welcome, they're both national bestsellers of The Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse. And it is my pleasure to welcome them both back to the program, Paul McGuire and Troy Anderson. Great to have you gentlemen back. Sheila, it's great to be on your program again. Yeah, Sheila, it's a great, great honor to be back in your program. Great to have you on, gentlemen. Well, I mean, Paul, we'll start with you. We look at this orchestrated chaos, the confusion, the all-out war on Trump, the border wall being blocked, this whole immigration nightmare, all the stuff coming out about Comey and Mueller, the cover-ups, the layers of lies. It's exhausting keeping up with the evil, well, and speaking of evil, this abhorrent, bought-out mainstream media literally becoming the enemy of the people. Where do we even start with all this, Paul? Well, I think the number one thing, and I would assume that most of your listeners may may know this, but the number one thing is to look at the bigger picture. All these crisis events or chaos events, and the bigger picture is that for the last, well, since ancient Babylon, the time of the Tower of Babel, there has been a full-scale attempt by the globalist elite to create a new world order with a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system. So in Genesis 11, when God comes down to judge the first new world order at Babylon, he destroys the world's first one-world government, one-world religion, and one-world economic system, and separates these nations into independent sovereign nation-states as a check and balance. But God also warns about Mystery Babylon returning again in the last days. So what we have behind all these current events is the biblical and prophetic prediction that Babylon is rising again in the form of a globalist system. So all of the chaos surrounding President Trump, all of the chaos at the borders, all of the chaos regarding climate change, you could name any 
any particular topic. Almost all of the topics directly link back to this. There exists a very powerful globalist elite on planet Earth that consists of about 12 of the richest ruling families in the world. And they are the secret shadow government behind all governments. They control the deep state and they are doing everything they can and as fast as they can to put all of mankind under a totalitarian one world socialist government via the UN or some other kind of institution. So the reason that they hate Trump and the reason that they're perpetually attacking him through the mainstream media, which they own, of course, uh, and much of the deep state, which they own and control, is because they have said with their own words, prominent globalist elite leaders have said continually, and we document this in our book, Trumpocalypse, they've said continually that President Donald Trump is the single most greatest threat to globalism. So this whole thing is a war against nationalism, but it's also, and this is what we document in Trumpocalypse, this is also, it's an attack against nationalism in America, but it's also an attack on Christianity, the Christian family, Christian values, a moral right and wrong, and nationalism, because all of those things, the globalist elite hate they're Luciferians, and uh, that's what's really going on behind the scenes. Well said, Paul. Now, I'll throw this to you, Troy. You write extensively about the green agenda. Jerry Brown calls me, and of course anyone who's not going along with this doomsday cult of green, a climate denier. In fact, I I'm responsible for the California wildfires. Why? Because I will not go along with this absolute green agenda. Every other day, they would have us believe that we're in a climate catastrophe. There's just an article this morning. Bill Gates, good old penchant for vaccination everyone Bill Gates he predicts what millions of deaths from climate change Mr. Philanthropist extraordinaire says that climate change presents the threat to our ultimate survival that's right Bill the end is nigh I document all of this extensively in my book Green Gospel Troy this is all really part of this whole sinister United Nations New World Order agenda really isn't it yeah, so you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Governor Brown here in California, you know, accused you of being a, a climate denier. And uh, in, in fact, uh, my editor, the, the New American Magazine, just asked me to write a story on the California wild, wildfires and, and what's really going on here. This is one of the primary strategies of the globalist elite is this whole climate change agenda. You know, there's been all these, these treaties, you know, to try to address climate change. And there's all this controversy, you know, is the, the planet really warming? And uh, is this really happening? Are these wildfires or these you know hurricanes or all these different things due to you know climate change and so this is this has been one of the primary strategies is that they want to bring the world together so we've got to join all nations to adopt these different treaties so that we can bring the world together and but this is sort of a, a big uh, hoodwink that they're pulling off on on the planet and uh, and there's a lot of uh, science and, and scientists and people that uh, dispute you know how much the warming has occurred how big an impact it's having and of course there's there's, you know, literally billions and billions of dollars involved in all this and all the sort of, you know, deception that's going on all around it. So, you know, this one thing you mentioned is one of the strategies that's being used to, you know, to create this global system they want to want to make. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with uh, everything that Troy just said. And I would add also, as we first uncovered in the first book, the Babylon Code, and then we carried the theme over more intensively in Trumpocalypse, um, the strategy, Sheila, as you know, has always been among the occult globalist elite is to create a new world order out of chaos or order out of chaos or a more contemporary translation would be manufactured crisis so they they deliberately the elite deliberately manufactures chaos or crisis so that they can solve it but the solving of it is merely a pretense for global control or a global totalitarian government run by the elites and so everything that we're seeing in the world today that constitutes a crisis or chaos or whatever is secretly being either exploited or caused by the globalist elite in order to force the masses, the working class, the middle class to surrender their freedoms, their prosperity, their freedom of religion, to surrender it all and live under this utopian one world government, which of course is not utopian at all. And they are very ruthless about what they're doing. And this is what I know it bothers me and it bothers Troy is tragically so many evangelical born again Christians, especially the 74% of evangelical churches that refuse to teach Bible prophecy and censor all of God's prophetic word. There are, you know, 50 million Christians, at least in the United States, that are completely clueless as to, to the nature of this Luciferian system that is driving this one world government and driving globalism. And they're under the illusion through scientific mind control and brainwashing, etc., that the plans that the globalist elite have for mankind is somehow benevolent, good, and kind. And it's not benevolent, good, and kind. The whole purpose of their globalist government is designed to give the globalist elite total control of all the money, total control of all the people, total control of all nations, total control of the entire planet, and permanently establish themselves as kind of kings and queens of planet Earth. And all of this, by the way, up to some of the most minute details, is predicted, for example, in the book of Revelation, where there's a verse which says that the mighty men of the earth and, and the kings of the earth fornicated with the great harlot, Mystery Babylon. Well, what does that mean? It means that the most powerful men and women on planet Earth, the, the rulers of the planet, are openly fornicating in a spiritual sense with the Luciferian uh, world system known as Mystery Babylon, and that's how they derive their power. So it's not an accident, it's not circumstantial or a matter of coincidence that the people that are the heads of the globalist elite also happen to be, many of them are practitioners of Satanism or witchcraft or members of the Illuminati or Skull and Bones, etc. And in our book, The Babylon Code, for anybody who's skeptical of that assertion, we trace the lineage of these secret societies and the wealth to secret occult societies. It's not a conspiracy theory, it's a fact. Yeah, well said, well said. And I think that's the part of this, Paul, is, you know, Christians are totally asleep at the wheel. 
you know, it's like, oh, it's everything's fine because Trump's got everything under control. Listen, it's not up to Trump. Trump is one man. It is up to the body of Christ to perform this spiritual triage. Really, the body of Christ is in a spiritual state of emergency, and yet it's absolutely crickets chirping in the mainstream evangelical church. They don't want to talk about evil. They don't want to talk about doom and gloom. They don't want to talk about demons, and they're sure not talking about spiritual warfare. Why is this stuff not being addressed? Well, that's a very, very important question. And I think that, first of all, um, what I don't hear from Christians in the body of Christ in America very often is people asking those questions. And I also happen to hear them answering the questions falsely. Mm -hmm. And if people are answering the question that you raised falsely, they're going to come up with the wrong answer. So the word says rightly divide the word of truth. So we have to rightly divide the word of truth. There's a couple of theological biblical principles that every Christian is obligated to abide by because God in his word has given us rules of interpretation. So, for example, first of all, the original template for mankind, God clearly established in the Garden of Eden when he took Adam and Eve and he gave Adam and Eve the supernatural power and authority to rule and reign over planet Earth. Now, God was still God. He was still the creator, uh, capital C. They were the creation, small c, and God was the king of kings and lord of lords. But Adam and Eve were given the supernatural power and authority to rule and reign over planet Earth and the Garden of Eden. When they rejected God's word, they lost that authority and they activated the law of sin and death. But the, the original blueprint from God was rulership of men and women over creation. The, the creation, Adam and Eve and mankind, worshiping God. Now, that is the original blueprint. So, what happens is that the Old Testament is really an account of when the Jews, the children of Israel, were worshiping God and not worshiping false gods and obeying the word of God. They had that rulership and victory. When they were worshiping pagan gods and disobeying the commandments of God, they would go into captivity or slavery. So what Jesus clearly told his disciples, and that's every single person who's born again and a true believer in Jesus Christ is a disciple of Christ. And when Christ ascended into heaven, his mandate for every Christian was to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, and then he said things like, and occupy the land until I come, or do business until I come. Now, very rarely do we hear Christians in America speaking about Christ's commandment to the church to occupy the land until he comes, but that's exactly what Christ meant. Now, what land? It's the land that God put you in. For us, it's the land of America or Canada or whatever land God put you in. So we're to occupy this land spiritually with spiritual weapons, like you said, Sheila, fasting and praying, standing up for righteousness, and we're to restrain the powers of evil and darkness from attempting a counterfeit rulership. So that's what God's command is for us. Now, the problem is we have false doctrine entering the church, ultimately from Lucifer. But the enemies of the church, the spirit of Antichrist, is often more intelligent than God's people. So in the 1920s, the Frankfurt School Marxists, which were a bunch of uh, communist Marxist professors trained by the KGB in Moscow, 
set up shop in Germany in the 1920s with the Frankfurt School. And their game plan was to, to implement a communist revolution in America and other Western nations in a bloodless revolution using mind control, propaganda, political correctness, changing vocabulary, amplifying psychology, etc. And their top four or five agendas were, number one, to totally destroy Christianity from America. Number two, to totally destroy the Christian marriage. Number three, to totally destroy biblical values such as right and wrong. And number four was to totally destroy national sovereignty and promote globalism. That was the targets. The tragedy is, is that the Church of Jesus Christ, the evangelical church, which at one time was being faithful to the Word of God, this was about 70 years ago, has now stopped believing in the Word of God. They have accepted the demonic lies, the Marxist lies of the occultists and the communists, who are literally the individuals that have created the theology for the seeker-friendly church, for the emergent church, and for many, many, many evangelical churches, the practice of Bible teaching, the practice of evangelism and fellowship, have all been created by church growth experts who got their teachings out of the communist, Marxist, and occult Frankfurt School, and not people who were born again, saved, real Christians. So the reason that the, the Christian church, for the most part, is paralyzed in America, it's been invaded, it's been infiltrated, it's been co-opted, is because the major seminaries in America, the major denominations, the major super churches, have all been infiltrated by men who have created a new emergent or seeker-friendly theology based on Marxism, communism, and occult practices. And let me give you one, just one illustration, but I could give you thousands of illustrations. There was a guy named Willis Harmon, Professor Willis Harmon from Stanford Research University. And Stanford Research University was where they had the CIA, MKUltra, LSD mind control programs. Willis Harmon was a promoter of LSD, and he was a promoter of New Age, Eastern mysticism, globalism, and he was anti-America, anti-nationalism, anti-Christianity, anti-Bible. Now, Willis Harmon was a change agent for the CIA and the globalist elite. He would lecture at places such as Wheaton College, which at that time, this was in the uh, early 70s, Wheaton College was the largest and most prominent evangelical college at the time, and Wheaton College hosted through the Billy Graham Center of Evangelism a series of seminars where they invited the most elite, the most powerful, the most influential, the most intellectual, uh, respected Christian leaders in America. They gathered around to hear Willis Harmon from Stanford Research Institute give a whole series of lectures to these Christian leaders on things like astral projection, mental telepathy, uh, taking LSD, communicating with spirit guides, new age and occult beliefs, and 
Willis Harmon was attempting to function as a change agent and embed evangelical theology with New Age occultic beliefs. Now, I don't know, I, I know exactly what was said at the seminar. I have the, the private transcripts. I know how the Christian leaders answered. I'm not going to judge them because I don't know whether they were reserving their criticism for later on or whatever. And I'm not necessarily saying that it was the men who attended this conference that sold out. But if we take it right up to the present moment, there are many, many, many major respected evangelical leaders who have totally sold out to a New Age, mystical, occult form of Christianity. And the tragedy is, this is a, the apostasy that the Bible warns about, the great delusion, the great falling away. And so, going back to whether we can have a, a revival or not, if we are living right with the Lord, if we are truly worshiping the biblical God and not idols, if we're truly knowing Christ's commandments and the biblical commandments, if we're truly serving the Lord, then we can enter into spiritual warfare and overrule the principalities and powers and demons raging in a, a spiritual warfare attack against our nation, because Christ has given us, the Church, the supernatural authority to overthrow those demonic powers. But if, as entire churches, denominations, and seminaries, we're going to worship idols and practice occultic teachings that are based in demonism and witchcraft, etc., we're going to face the wrath of God. So the victory or the outcome of the spiritual battle, God has really put that in the hands of his church. And if we obey God and worship the true Christ, God will give us victory. But if we continue to insist on backsliding like ancient Israel, we're going to end up in captivity and slavery. So good. Troy, go ahead. Yeah, I think one thing that people don't realize how how close we are to the, the globalist elite and the deep state and these secret societies moving in moving us into this new world order. And, you know, we just saw this election here in the United States where the you know the Democrats uh, you know took the House. Now we're going to watch a you know essentially a full court press to you know try to you know investigate and try to impeach President Trump. And this is all designed to weaken him politically between now and the 2020 election, so that when that election runs around, they can run into a candidate that you know that they hope can beat him. And if that happens, we'll be brought right back to where we were before, except that this time it's going to be, you know, no holds barred. They're not going to pull any punches. And, you know, we're going to see real persecution and, and real drastic changes. I mean, the elite have been hugely successful in, in indoctrinating, you know, much of the youth into the sort of this idea for this, you know, one world socialist uh, system. You know, as recent polls found that over 50% of millennials and, and young people now favor a, a socialist or communist system. System. And this this also fits in with the whole climate change narrative that we've got to save the planet. It's all about <laughs> you know saving the world. We got to do everything we possibly can to you know live good environmental lives. And you know of course these are all good things. The Bible tells us to be good stewards of the, of the planet. But the agenda behind this is all very deceptive. And they're trying to get all the the youth to sort of view themselves as, as this big collective. And uh, you know so they have these these global citizen festivals in New York and Germany and around the world and try to get the kids to. Think think of themselves as global citizens. As we reveal in Trumpocalypse, there's been a, a decades-long campaign by United Nations through what's now called the Common Core Agenda, but in the past it had different names. And essentially they've, you know, from the time these kids were born until they get, you know, get through college, there's this massive indoctrination into socialism and, you know, we've got to address the climate change and and these kind of things. So the world is primed and ready for this fight of the 21st century, this battle 
between nationalism and globalism, but essentially the forces of Christianity and the forces of darkness. And we're going to watch this transpire in the next two years between now and the 2020 election, which is going to be probably the one of the key events uh, that will determine whether we move into this cult end-time system that the Bible predicts. You know what's frightening to me is I just read this headline a few months back where this one Presbyterian minister says, hey, you can be a witch and you can be a Christian. No one in the church bats an eye at statements like that. Hey, they didn't even bat an eye when NBC was broadcasting hexes and vexes against Trump and Kavanaugh. Oh, and the high priest for the Mother Earth death cult, Al Gore, he says in his book, Earth in the Balance, the human infestation is giving the great goddess a fever her human infestation. These globalists would like to kill off a huge percentage of the population. Humans are a plague that should be eradicated because they're giving the great goddess Gaia a fever. The good old high priest for Gaia says, you know, listen, we got to get rid of these plebs, these occult principles are are woven into this whole idea that we have to bow down to the great goddess. You can call it environmentalism. I call it just pure witchcraft, and it is growing fast. It is. And uh, Troy and I have been monitoring this for quite some time, this specific issue. And we began writing about it in uh, the Babylon Code <clears throat> and more so in Trumpocalypse. And as you know, Sheila, the number one fastest growing religion in America right now is Wicca or witchcraft. Yeah. The fastest growing religion in America is not Islam. It's not Christianity. It's Wicca or witchcraft. So what does that say? That is an indictment on evangelical churches, evangelical leaders, seminaries, pastors. It's an indictment because, first of all, when you preach and teach biblical Christianity correctly— and you teach about Jesus Christ correctly. It is the most wondrous, captivating, beautiful, powerful thing you could ever read. It's, it's marvelous beyond description. But you see, you've got a lot of flatliners out there who are teaching and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason I call them flatliners is that they're playing church. And playing church has no appeal to young people who are far more perceptive than they're often given credit for and are looking for the reality of power and answers. So we have this evangelical church which has become powerless because it has rejected the Word of God, it stopped believing in the Word of God, and it's playing church. It's become some kind of social function. But the most dangerous thing here is when you connect what you just said, Sheila, with what Troy just said a few minutes ago, and that is, and neither of you are overstating this, in fact, I think you're understating it, the level of danger for America, for American Christians and Christians in other uh, Western-type nations inside the European Union and other areas, the danger for Christians has never been greater. You know, the Jews, who are known as an intelligent race, absolutely could not bring themselves to believe, despite all the rumors and accounts they heard, the gas chambers and the concentration camps, 
But they kept telling themselves, even seconds before they would open the door to go into the so-called showers, which turned out to be gas chambers, uh, they kept telling themselves, it can't happen here, it can't happen here. So despite the fact that they kept hearing credible reports of their fellow Jews dying in concentration camps, they mesmerized themselves by saying it can't happen here. Now, of course, history says it did happen there, and about 8 million people people total died in the concentration camps. The, the majority of them were Jews. But notice something. Today's Jew, and especially in Israel, they no longer utter those words, it can't happen here. The first words out of their mouth today for the Jewish people are these words, never again. And the Jews say never again. And they're in a state of hyper alertness and vigilance because they have made a solemn vow to never again allow themselves to be seduced into complacency and to be the victims of a Holocaust and mass slaughter. Now, conversely, evangelical Christians who should know better because they have the lessons of history right before them, we as evangelical Christians are constantly repeating these words in our sermons and the churches, etc., etc. We're constantly saying as, as evangelical Christians, it can't happen here. We may not use those exact words, but we're using synonyms and variations of it can't happen here. Well, people need to wake up and recognize that it can happen here, it is happening here, and that the level of danger that both of you spoke about is unprecedented in human history. So when Troy said this battle is going to take place in the next two years, every single person who's a Christian listening to your program needs to understand that we're in a time like no other time, and putting the timing of the rapture aside, and that's a very important question, and I teach on it all the time as a professor of eschatology, so I'm not ignoring that question. But whenever the rapture occurs, whatever your position is, we're not there yet because we're all still here on earth. And Jesus gave us the responsibility to occupy until he comes. If we default in obeying Christ to occupy the land until he comes, the evil people who hate Christians and hate Christianity are going to mobilize like they've never mobilized before, and we're going to see the mass persecution of Christians, arrest, slaughter, harassment, and even killing of Christians in America and other Western nations. And if anybody listening says, I don't believe that, it can't happen here, and, and, and changes the, the channel in their mind, they better wake up and remember history. God's watchmen, and watchmen are everywhere. Sheila, your radio ministry, your, your function is a watchman, and there are many other watchmen. God's watchmen have re repeatedly warn his people that the enemy is coming in the distance. And if the people fail to wake up and rouse themselves before the enemy comes, then God is going to hold the blood of the slaughter of the people upon the hands of all the people who ignored the watchman and upon the hands of all the leaders who scoffed and mocked at the watchman. You have to take off the rosy glasses and stop smoking the Colorado, California dope. You got to stop smoking the dope because it's dulling your perception. We are in the exact same place that Nazi Germany was when Hitler was just beginning to take over. And the end game will be the same, except this time it will involve the mass slaughter and persecution of Christians. It is I'm not emotionally amplifying. I'm simply giving you objective historical facts. 
Absolutely. I'll toss it to you, Troy. Yeah, one thing that came to mind is that you'd mentioned um, that there's this widespread, you know, spread of the occult, even in, in among, you know, Christians today. If you just look at the, at the mass media and what Hollywood puts out, in fact, as part of my research into the Illuminati, I went and saw this new movie, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald with uh, Johnny Depp. It's This is J.K. Rowling's uh, new movie. And in there, uh, Johnny Depp plays this, this like, master wizard. And essentially, he comes right out and sort of lays out the sort of the grand Illuminati agenda. They talk about a world where the wizards rule and, mm. and they want to move us into this this new system, this new world, essentially. I think he said a new world. And so that there's all this terminology. And and then if you, if you go back, you look at, you know, we're talking about all these millennials and, and young people that are, you know, now favor socialism and, and all it's sort of like these rapid increase in witchcraft and occult and stuff well you know a lot of these kids were, were raised on jk rowling's books the harry potter series and uh, there's a, a former in fact I, I think i quote him in in Trumpocalypse, uh, John Coleman's a former MI5 or MI6 intelligence agent, and he wrote in there that there was actually a guy back in the late 1800s named Harry Potter. He was an occultist, and he'd written all these stories in the late 1800s, and then magically, you know, here in the last decade and a half, J.K. Rowling comes up with, with these books that become these gigantic mega blockbusters, you know, raking in billions and billions of dollars at the box office, and all the kids are reading them, and now there's this explosion of witchcraft, and he, he described this series of books as like witchcraft 101 so all these kids have been you know sort of raised on the harry potter stuff and now they're moving them into the this new level the fantastic beast with all these special effects and johnny depp and he talks about a world ruled by wizards and so all these kids are captivated by this stuff and it's not just this movie there's multiple movies out they're all sort of conveying the same message and they're they're sort of revealing what they're planning and we're right on the verge of all this stuff happening now I always think like we're such a cheap knockoff of the original. I mean, I said on a show recently, would Jesus Christ even get into a church? And my guest said he might get into a church, but he'd get shot in the parking lot. I mean, as as (laughs) stunning as that statement is, fellas, we don't even have anything resembling the true discipleship of Jesus Christ. What are your thoughts on that? Well, Sheila, as you probably know, I've been doing research on this um, for over 40 years, and I started out being raised in an atheistic household in New York City. I was uh, a radical member of the counterculture starting at 15 years old in New York City. I was demonstrating with the radical activist Abby Hoffman. I was made an honorary member of the Black Panther Party. I hung out with Timothy Leary, the LSD Harvard professor guru. I hung out with Ken Kesey, who wrote One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. I hung out with the very top leaders of the counterculture. Back then, it was called the environmental movement at the first planning sessions for uh, Earth Day, etc. And uh, I went from hating Christianity with a passion to uh, having a miraculous encounter with Jesus Christ hitchhiking on the back roads of Missouri. And I have been bothered and troubled by the, the lack of reality inside the Christian church, you know, for, for decades. And I've really studied this and researched it. And what I believe the research I've done, I've concluded, is that the evangelical church about 60 years ago collectively made a decision to depart from the Bible and start embracing New Age and psychological, secular, humanist ideas, and then they lost their power and authority as they did what Dr. Francis Schaeffer called 
they accommodated to the world system. They kept surrendering biblical truth and accommodating to the world system. And what that has done since the time I was saved till this present moment, the evangelical church is almost unrecognizable in the sense that I've met so many pastors over the last 20 years who do not even have a biblical worldview, who, who can't understand that they've been indoctrinated in socialism. Let me give you an example. I hear evangelical pastors of a variety of age groups and I'm sitting in, in the audience and listening to the pastor preach, and I'll hear inevitably pastors from all kinds of denominations say that, you know, we need to have social justice, etc. And then they'll define social justice, not as the Bible defines social justice, they'll define it as the communists define social justice. Yeah. And so, because the pastors are so dumbed down, and their congregations are dumbed down, they have no power. The historical reality is, is that the term social justice was created by the Italian communist leader Manzini. He was attempting to implement a communist revolution in Italy, and because the people of Italy were so religious, they weren't going for the communist revolution. So, his strategy was to have the government replace the church in terms of taking care of the poor and needy and the homeless, etc., etc. So he created new tax laws in Italy, and the government started to replace the church, a deliberate communist strategy. So the church no longer took care of true biblical social justice. The government did. And that paved the way for Marxism or communism and socialism to sell themselves as the agents or the healers that bring social justice, that they'll, they'll implement social justice in society. And it caused a negative perception of, of the church that the church won't do that, which is a complete lie. Because when communists or Marxists or socialists say social justice, all we need to do is look at the history of every single communist revolution or Marxist revolution or hardcore socialist revolution that has occurred in the last 100 years. There is not one example of a communist revolution ever producing social justice. What a communist revolution produces is mass slaughter of hundreds of millions of people, millions being sent to re-education camps, to concentration camps, being shot to death, being starved to death, and the opposite of social justice, where you have a super wealthy communist elite, and then you have the people being paid slave labor wages, as in the beginning of China. So when you hear these American pastors, one after another, spouting out of their mouths like a parrot, a regurgitation of the teachings of Karl Marx and communism, these pastors are so uneducated and so illiterate that they don't know the difference between true biblical social justice and the counterfeit, which is Marxist social justice. So the reason the church is losing our nation right now, and the reason that the dangers that both of you discussed are so plausible right now, is because the church is paralyzed by this counterfeit belief system. And the only way we can change that is for every single person listening to your show to make some radical decisions before the Lord Jesus Christ and stop attending churches that are apostate and churches that are moving forward 
forward the globalist agenda and start to attend churches that teach the Bible and preach the Bible. We need a spiritual revolution in our nation, and Ooh, we talk about that in our book, Trumpocalypse. A better word for a spiritual revolution would be a third great awakening, because America was founded by a first great awakening. We need a third great awakening, and along with a third great awakening comes an, an awakening to the reality of the Bible and everything the Bible teaches. And what we have instead are people playing church, and unless we radically change, and there's still time to radically change, America will be enslaved and conquered in a number of years. What Troy is saying is absolutely true. The militancy of this Marxist billionaire finance movement, people have no idea. They have to take the, the sunglasses again off their eyes. These people want a communist revolution in America, and they're going to do it unless Christians rise to the occasion and occupy the land until Christ comes. That is so incredibly astute because, listen, we need a spiritual Normandy right now. We need to be storming right. the beaches. Speaking of militancy right. that you just said, you know, the believers miss this. And sadly, this is the true case. Spiritual warfare is different than prayer. I wrote this in my book, Power Prayers. Warfare is when you are addressing the enemy. Prayer right. is when you are addressing God. Those are two different things. We need to have a spiritual normandy. We need to be storming the beaches. God is raising up an army of generals, and we need to be doing mass spiritual warfare. We need to loose derision into the enemy's camp. These are the very things that we need to be doing, and yet the church is not talking about spiritual warfare, and yet it's the most important component in all of this. It's so important. And what you said is so right on, because when I go to, to a church and I don't, due to the fact that we are truly in a, a national and global spiritual state of emergency right now, we're in a spiritual state of emergency, and anybody who doesn't recognize that is blind and deaf spiritually. So we're in a spiritual state of emergency, and the only proper response before God is to occupy it until he comes, and there must be that intensity of real spiritual warfare that you talked about, Sheila. When I walk into a church and I do not sense this spiritual state of emergency, and I don't sense when I hear the people praying and they're like sedated when they're praying, you know, and just speaking in a monotone, God bless this and God bless that, but there's no militant spiritual warfare, as Christ commanded us to engage in militant spiritual warfare. What I always notice, what accompanies a lack of those two first things, I all, always notice, without exception, that in the churches that are not engaged in real spiritual warfare, and the churches that are not engaged in understanding we're in a spiritual state of emergency, I notice, without exception, that I do not sense at all the presence of the Lord in the sanctuary in the pastor's sermon, and among the people. It's as if the Spirit of God never was in that church. There's a deadness. And yeah. any any person who calls themselves a Christian and has the Holy Spirit living inside them, when you go into a church sanctuary or a Christian meeting, if you are walking with the Lord and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you know instantly the Holy Spirit in you can sense, like kind of a radar detector, whether you've walked into a church where the Spirit of the Lord is present or the Spirit of the Lord is absent. You know it instantly. And so I can't tell you how often I walk into churches and I sense this deadness and a complete absence of the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm going to be very direct about what I'm saying now because I've had a change of heart 
in the last year. And certain things that I didn't used to say, I'm going to be saying on a regular basis because the time is very late. My question to anybody listening to your program is this. If you are a Christian and you're going to a church where you cannot sense the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord among the people gathered there, and you can't sense the presence of the Lord in the pastor's sermons, then my question to you is, what on earth are you doing participating in a church where God's presence has departed? And what are you doing fellowshipping with Christians when God's presence has left them? Amen. You're under a curse. I mean, biblically, you are under a curse because you have volitionally chose to enter a church pretending before the Lord, yet the Lord's presence has left that place. What are you doing there? If you think that that's, oh, God just winks at that kind of fear. I hate to break it to a lot of people who are have a legalistic spirit or have a religious spirit. I hate to break it to you. But there's a lot of people who are, are, are like so freaked out about pornography, but there, there are sins greater than pornography. And a sin to me that's greater than pornography in the eyes of the Lord is to go to church where the presence of the Lord is no longer there, or to fellowship or listen to a pastor's sermon where the presence of the Lord has departed. You're worshiping an idol, a false Christ, and you're listening to false doctrine, which is the doctrine of demons. You need a reality check, because if you don't voluntarily sign up for a reality check, God's going to give you one. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, And I think some people are in for one rude awakening. Troy, your thoughts? Yeah, just what uh, what occurred to me is that th- this last election was was just uh, you know a major sign that the, the church and Christians are, are largely asleep. I mean, there, there was all kinds of stories, you know, people trying to get the message out of how important this was, and yet the, the voter turnout among Christians was just, everybody just went back to sleep again. It, it, it's almost like the devil's cast a spell over, over much of the church and sort of in line with what you guys are talking about, what Paul's talking about. There's this like scientific mind control. There's some kind of spell that's been cast on us, and this is the worst possible time for everybody to be asleep at the wheel is because we're literally watching all the events the Bible talks about happening unfolding before our eyes in the news every day. I mean, it's, it's glaringly obvious now. All the occult imagery out there, all the, the witchcraft stuff, and the, there all the techniques that the elite are, are using to change our hearts and minds and, and get us to go along with this program. They, they, they want us to get to the place where when they do roll out the microchip and the brain implants and they do ask us to you know accept these things and, and to worship Lucifer ultimately that will go along with it. They're sort of slowly turning up the heat uh, like the frog in the kettle and, and, and we're not jumping out of the, the hot water. And I'm also very concerned when Christians start following someone like blind cult followers, it says to search a matter out. People, stop aligning with those whose information goes against Scripture. Everybody and their dog is some thus saith the Lord prophet. People have to start using better discernment. Well, I think it's very—I'm personally very concerned <clears throat> that there's so many Christians who <clears throat> are believing this person or that person is a prophet. And many of these people are not prophets, but God's people lack the spiritual discernment to discern whether or not they're prophets. There are a lot of pop names right now that have come out of seemingly nowhere, or their ministry went from absolutely zero. They had a track record for decades back. You know, I've been in the ministry for 40 plus years. 
this. You can check up on me and what I taught going back decades and decades. That's the same with many, many people who, who've been preaching the word and ministering. But when you get a lot of these like shooting comments that have only been a year or two, you can't really check on their background. And they, they have all these amazing prophecies and insights and stuff. You need to be very wary. I, I have so many Christians that I talk to that are listening to these people that I personally believe are false prophets. You're supposed to be seeking the Lord, and you should be so immature <clears throat> that you believe every charismatic figure that comes along and spins a fancy tale. You, you're, you're headed for destruction. Troy, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, I think one thing that people don't realize how if you go through the Bible and you look at the different prophets that, you know, the, the real true prophets that warned of impending judgment and danger for the, the, the people of Israel, there wasn't too many like messages of, of peace, prosperity, and, and happiness for, for thousands of years to come. And and they were often dismissed and, you know, executed and, and tortured and all kinds of bad things happened to these guys. And and so you have these these two things that are going on right now. You've got like, like these people of supposed prophetic gifts that Paul's talking about that are conveying this message that, you know, everything's going to be fine and, and uh, there's going to be peace and prosperity and all these good times for years and years to come. And then, then you have more uh, sober assessments that are biblically based that are looking at, you know, the situation in the world. I mean, we have record, you know, levels of, of global debt. We've watched all the stock market volatility recently and, and the, all the governments of the world, the corporations, individuals all have like record level trillions upon trillions hundreds of trillions of dollars of debt globally. You know, this financial house of cards can't, you know, go on forever. And then you have, you know, there's this threat of, of war. You know, you've got Russia and China now working together, training together, and new assessments coming out. Uh, a friend of mine who's a former CIA analyst, uh, Peter Peter Vincent Pry, uh, sent me an article the other day that says that, you know, Russia and China now, if they, if they combine forces, could, could take out you know, Europe and, and conquer America if they so desired. Because we, you know, our military was so weak under President Obama, and uh, that, those are just a couple examples of all the threats that we're facing. You've got the, the whole thing of artificial intelligence and predictions that, you know, when computers can think, you know, uh, or become smarter than humans, you know, what kind of, you know, AI apocalypse could that lead to, or we're moving towards that in the next decade or so. The continual threat of thermonuclear war. Just this last year, we had the, the leader of North Korea threaten us of nuclear attack, so that there's all these major threats to the planet, and at the same time, the globalist elite are doing everything they can to move us into this new system, all these, these trade treaties and climate change pacts. You know, pretty much the only thing that's standing between us and the unleashing of this new world order and humanity is President Trump. And now they're doing everything can, they can to weaken him, you know, before the 2020 election. So it's time for everybody to wake up. Like Paul said, we're at the same, it's, it's like 1938. And it's Europe, and, and Nazi Germany is about to steamroll Europe. But this time, you know, the forces of evil are going to steamroll the planet if we don't stand up and do what's right. I'm in total agreement, Troy. Final thoughts, Paul? What I'm about to say, you know, I'm, I'm cautious and restrained in a lot of what I say and have been for decades. And I try not to be an alarmist, etc., or just stir up sens sensationalism. But we're in a far different place, America and other Western nations, than we were three, four, five, ten years ago, twenty years ago. We are, as Troy just said, the situations that are being set up in America and certain European unions and other places are very, very much like the socio-economic political conditions that allowed Adolf Hitler and the Nazis to rise to power and the 
the result of that was horrific. But let's remember something. It should have been clearly evident to the born-again Christians in Germany and to the Catholics in Germany. It should have been blatantly clear to them that Hitler was satanic and evil because he was put into power by known occultic parties occult parties first and political parties second, such as the Thule Society, the Vril Society, and other German secret occult societies. In addition, the, the, the symbolism that Hitler used, the people in Germany knew that, that, that those were occult symbols, such as the swastika, which comes from ancient Tibet, the lightning bolts of the SS troops, which is a Luciferian symbol, the symbol for skull and bones, which is like a pirate skull and bones for the SS troops, the death an occultic symbol. Hitler himself and his Nazi party, they openly said what they were going to do. They got their philosophy from uh, Rockefeller, and they were big into breeding a scientific, uh, what they call a scientific master race, killing off what they considered inferior races. In addition, it was common knowledge among many people that most of the top Nazis were involved in Satanism and the occult. These were facts. So why did the countless millions of Christians in Germany not recognize the, the facts of the evil that was before them? Well, the reason they could no longer recognize the satanic nature of Hitler and the Nazis was because the Christians and their pastors had gone to what was called the German schools of theological higher criticism, which came out of the Frankfurt schools. And so the pastors and many of the Christian leaders were indoctrinated in seminaries which fragmented and deconstructed the miraculous, the supernatural authority of, of God's word, his resurrection, the virgin birth, etc., etc. In other words, the Christian leaders and, and the people were programmed to be non-believing believers. So what happened was when Hitler suggested the nation with occult power and scientific mind control and propaganda. The reason Hitler won the election was because he had the overwhelming majority of born-again Christians and Catholics vote him into office because they thought he was a, a Christian candidate. How did the born-again Christians in Germany become so deceived that they believed that somebody who was clearly satanic, they became deceived because they stopped studying the Word of God in the their churches. They no longer respected the authority of the Word of God in their churches, and they started to replace God's Word with the doctrines of humanistic thinking in their churches. This exact same dynamic is happening here in America and other Western nations. So, this means that the Christian church is vulnerable to spiritual demonic attack. Now, we're right on the precipice of that happening. The spirit of Antichrist has already entered America and has been here for a while. The spirit of Antichrist is different than the Antichrist with a capital A. In, in the Bible. The Antichrist is the, the head of the one world government. The spirit of Antichrist is that powerful demonic spirit that enters any society anytime a society chooses to hate, attack, and destroy every institution of the Bible or of God, like marriage, like worship, like purity, like right, like wrong. When a society openly embraces evil, as America has done, what happens is that the spirit of Antichrist is allowed to come into a nation and to begin to take it over. 
the nature of the spirit of Antichrist is this, that it always seeks more power and it lusts to completely destroy the church and Christians and persecute and destroy the Christians. And it will do everything it can to destroy evangelism, Bible teaching, etc., etc. If we allow this spiritually weak condition to continue among the church, a spirit of Antichrist is going to radically increase its takeover power. God has given us about a year or two to get our acts together. If we repent, seek the face of the Lord, and cry out to God with all our hearts, God will visit us with mercy and supernatural deliverance, and he will give us an extended period of time of blessing because God has a plan for America. But if every Christian listening refuses to participate with God in this awakening, then we are going to, together, tragically, fall under the judgment of God. And the judgment of God, and I'm talking about before the rapture, will begin to look very much like exactly what happened in Nazi Germany and in the communist revolutions of Russia and China. So the choice is before us, and God has basically put the ball in our court. It's not too late to turn to God, but time is running out. And as for me and my household, as well as Troy's household and your household, Sheila, and probably many of your listeners, we choose to serve the Lord. Well said, well said. Well, the book is The Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse. Get it now, folks. Paul and Troy, it was so good to have you on the program, and I can't wait to have you back to talk about some incredible projects that you're working on. We'll have you back in the new year. So good to have you on. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you, Sheila, for inviting us on your program. And uh, thank you for being a bright, shining light on the hill. And may the Lord continue to bless you and use your ministry powerfully. Yeah, uh, thank you, Sheila. It's a great honor to come on your show. And God bless you. Thanks, gentlemen. Folks, that was Paul McGuire and Troy Anderson. They're working on a new book. They've also got a feature film coming out on the Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse. The book links are in the description there. Boy, and if you've not got them, get them. Paul's also working on an incredible DVD project. I'm just giving you a little sneak peek. I want to get him back in the new year to talk more about this. Get the title, American Mind Control. I cannot wait for that, as I myself have been doing my own research and putting together a lot of information, as well as really powerful warfare against end time mind control. Also, Troy and Paul's website are linked in the description below. We have got an amazing show this week. Be watching for Monty Mulkey on a topic that you are not going to want to miss. Make sure you are subscribed to my YouTube and my podcast. All that information is linked over there at www.sheila.com. Dot media. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.